It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, uh, I'm Jay Horowitz. Welcome to the Mets Amazing Alumni Podcast. I'm here with old friend Mike Baxter. Mike was only with the Mets for a couple of years, but he's got a lasting impression on Mets history. The man who really preserved Johan Santana's no-hitter, the only no-hitter in Mets history. Mike, before we go into that, uh, you and I had a special bond together around 2013. I don't know if you don't recall or not. I used to butt all the every couple of days and uh, days and nights. Do <laughs> you remember that, Mike, uh, at all? Yeah, I do. I do. Probably because I was so high on your alphabetical list, I yeah. guess. But uh, you, you did all the time. Late at night, I didn't know what you were up to. I remember I was going back to some old files, and today, to today's show did a feature on my butt dialing, and you were a prime uh, part of that, and you said, no. <laughs> I remember I called Ike Davis once during a game, and I called me back and said, what the hell are you doing, Jay? We got a game going on. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. That's going to be on my, my gravestone, but Darl. Mike, let me, let's take back to the uh, 2012 season. It was a big year for you to start off. It was the first time uh, you were ever on the opening day roster. Remember, what were your expectations that year uh, when the year started? Uh, expectations, that, that's a good question. It was a thrill to, to make the team out of camp because I came in on a minor league deal. So, you know, my personal expectation, I, I saw the opportunity to be a, a pinch hitter, a, a left-handed bat off the bench, and I kind of spent that offseason trying to tailor my game to fit that role. So from an expectation standpoint, uh, I wanted to go into camp and win that last job on the bench, which uh, I was thankful that Terry and Sandy and those guys gave me that opportunity. So, um, you know, it, it did achieve a goal of mine, and it was great, and then just wanted to make the most of the opportunity when I had it, which started off pretty good that year. As a local guy went to you know, from Whitestone, went to Malloy, it had to be a, a thrill for you too when the Mets claimed you on waivers in eleven and you made it to, to uh you know, to City Field. I mean a lot of family coming to see you play, I remember, right? Oh yeah, that was a thrill. Uh, when when I found out I got claimed by the Mets, uh, you just talk about a dream come true and I went to Buffalo for about ten days and then if I'm not mistaken, I think two or three guys got hurt in one day. It might have been Reyes and David um, that August of 11, and uh, I ended up getting the call. So uh, what a thrill for sure. Like you said, Jay, I think um, my grandmother, she didn't miss a game. She was there every night, Big Sue. And yeah. then uh, obviously my parents and my sister, they they came out uh, all the time as well. But it was uh, definitely a dream come true. All right, well, Mike, let's jump ahead. June 1st, uh, you start in left field. The uh, seventh inning, um, Johan's got a no-hitter. You know, no man ever pitched a no-hitter. And then uh, Molina hits a ball to you. You crash into the wall, make a catch, you know, save the no-hitter. You uh, really banged up your shoulder, fractured some ribs. Did you think you were hurt that badly right away? Yeah, I did. I knew something was wrong um, right when I hit that fence. I just couldn't brace for it, and I kind of hit it very awkwardly. And... I knew there was something wrong. I couldn't figure out what it was um, in the moment. You know, it took a little while to kind of make the diagnosis and figure out what was hurting. But I was having a hard time kind of breathing, and I just couldn't catch my breath. And 
um, my arm was hurting me and I wasn't sure what was wrong, but I knew I couldn't continue. Um, and then just want to get back with, with Ray and those guys and get checked out. One thing I remember though, Mike, as banged up as you were, I remember going into the training room asking you, would you be okay to do the interviews? And I know you were in a lot of pain, but you still did the interviews that night. I always remember that. <laughs> well, thanks, Jay. I appreciate it, man. It was the least I could do for you, man. You always had us ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been, you know, 70 years ago. Uh, I know you're in a different place now. Do people remember your part not no-hitter at all? I just think, you know, maybe the, the true, loyal, hardcore Met fans, um, you know, people that really follow the Mets like I did when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I think that's what's cool about the Mets. You just have this really deep and loyal fan base. Um, uh, people like that that are that are that connected to the organization, yeah, they, they they remember, and and if I bump into somebody back in my neighborhood, um, you know, it comes up. But day to day, definitely not. <laughs> Nobody knows that, you know. Well, I'm sure Johan knows. <laughs> Weeks after the game, you were on, but I think the state said it, and the local people got certificates. So that would be a big thrill for you, too, to get recognized locally for your part in the game. It was. It was nice. I think just being from the community and being a fan as a kid, and knowing the history of the organization and, and everything, you know, when I look back at that phase of my career, I think it was three years, like you said, it was just, you know, I, I got a chance to play for 12 years and three of them were in New York and those are my favorite years by yeah. far. Um, I think it was probably the best part of my career in terms of, you know, continuous time up with the with the major league team. And then um, just say everything you said, being able to play in the community, being able to share um, that playing experience with my friends and family. That's so rare for professional athletes. It's just so rare you get that ability to play in your hometown. So to be able to share that experience with the people you love, um, I never took that for granted. And I think now that I'm done, being able to reflect on it, um, you realize how special that is. And Mike, you didn't come back to July 30th that year. Was you out for a full two months? But even though your ear was disrupted by injury, you still managed to you know post the uh, you know third highest pitch hitting average in the league, uh, 458. I think he's still third on the Mets all time record. So. You still had, a, a, you know, considering everything, you still put together decent numbers. Yeah, thanks. That was, uh, I didn't know that. That's that's good yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, yeah, no, I like pinch hitting. I like that role. Um, you know, I think it, it, it was just a mindset. I think you really got to embrace it, you know, and just know it's how you can help the team win. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, I was just grateful to get back that year um, and get a chance to get back with the club and, and, and keep going. Unfortunately, Mike, after that game, you know, your career – was really not the same, and and really, truly, you know, Johan's career was really not the same after that game. You, you know, you want to play with the Cubs and the Dodgers a little bit. So, looking back, I mean, the catch was great. Everything. Do you not have any second thoughts about making a catch? But realize, I mean, that catch kind of could have curtailed your career in the majors. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Jay. It's something that you think about a little bit, especially in interviews like this where you have to answer the question. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I think, you know, if you get to play sports for a long time, you're going to get hurt at some point. And anytime a, a professional athlete gets injured, you know, it's going to affect your career, career some degree. Um, you know, with me, I think what it did more than anything, I think it, it just took away some momentum I had. I felt like 12 was the first time I was starting to get a little bit more regular opportunity. And uh, I was, you know, performing at a, at a good level. And then, you know, when I got hurt, you, you go from you know, a hundred to zero miles an hour and you're just down in St. Lucie and kind of try to rebuild that up again. And, you know, the type of player I was, I was never um, one of the premier players in that league. It was just more of a, 
journeyman type, but it, it takes some momentum and, and it takes some breaks. And I think, you know, that, that injury probably slowed everything down a little bit and, and put me back into more of a, a Brench role. And, you know, I never played at a, at a good enough level to, to earn anything more than that after that again. Mike, Mike, going back to the catch a little bit, when Molina hit the ball, did you think you were going to catch it? Yeah, I, I thought I, I thought I should catch it um, because I knew it wasn't going to be out. And um, I, I knew I could probably get there. And really, I think if I just would have got my feet under me at the end, I probably, you know, would have been able to brace into the wall and it would have been a, a fine play. You know, I think... The drama on the back side of it is, is probably because I got a little bit off balance and, and hit the wall in a pretty vulnerable position, and, and that obviously led to the injuries. But when he hit it, um, I think in the outfield, you generally, when you're in route to a ball, you kind of know if you're going to get it, and uh, I did. I, I did believe I was going to get that ball. Mike, so we have to your playing career. Uh, you worked for the Blue Jays for a little bit, um, the Cubs and Dodgers. You were in their special assignment scout or something with them? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I worked with them as a special assistant, and and really what it was, it was just them giving me an opportunity to transition out of a playing career into maybe a, a professional career uh, inside of baseball. So they exposed me to, you know, three different branches of the organization and player development, scouting, and, and baseball ops, and it was a really really cool experience. And I just kind of spent the, that season um, doing various roles and, and just trying to figure out what I liked. And towards the end of that. Um, Coach Corbin at Vanderbilt called me, and, and he knew I'd always had an interest in coaching here with him at Vanderbilt and in the college ranks. Um, he, he offered me the current position I have now, which was um, really, really great. It's something I always wanted to do. And go, going back to your alma mater, Mike, had to be great. You've been here for three years, uh, you know, hitting coach, recruiting coordinator. You guys were NCAA champions last year. You won 59 games. Um, you voted the you know, the top uh, recruiting class by Baseball America this year. I think you had 100 home runs, a team record. How is it going back to your alma mater to do something like that, especially with the success you've had in the last couple of years? Yeah, it's it's just been great. It's uh, This opportunity that Corb gave me, is it's pretty unreal. Uh, you know, it's a position that um, people work for a long time to, to get, and I'm just really grateful he took a chance with me here and, to come back and work at the program, um, you know, this program changed my life. I, I think, you know, I was raised obviously in Queens. We talk about it all the time with the Mets, but you know, I went to Columbia and then came down here. And, you know, after that, I, I stayed here. I, I've been here for the last, I was living here in the off season. It's been about 15 years and, you know, we have two kids and it's kind of become a, a new home for us. And um, to be able to work here for a program that you feel passionately about. And then, you know, I think the ability to relate with the player, as an alumni of the school, you know, from the academic and athletic side, I think that's cool too. And I know what these kids are going through and we get good kids, you know, more than anything. And last year's a really, really good example. That was such a really special group of kids that we had and, and they performed well, but um, forget it. I mean, their personality and their ability to just be present and, and be great teammates, it, it was so special. And, you know, being around sports for a long time, you, you just, we call them legacy teams. That was a legacy team. And you just put, a bunch of personalities together and, and they had a common goal and, and, and they were just excellent. So we're fortunate with the type of kid that we get here. Um, and, and that, that really makes our day-to-day job really fun. My, uh, Mikey recruited a guy, Jack Leiter, who's uh, Al Leiter's son, one of the top prospects sure. in New York, uh, had a chance to be drafted and chose, uh, I know Al was telling people, don't draft uh, Jack, he's going to go to Vanderbilt. So that had to be pretty cool drafting a guy uh, you know, like Jack. Did it help you, Mike? Did the players know you play when you go out and recruit? 
Is it people know that you played in the majors? That that had to help too, right? Jack is a good example. You know, our recruiting here, I might have a title of coordinator, but it's very um, broad and we all recruit. So uh, Scott Brown, our pitching coach, developed a good relationship with Jack and he was actually running point uh, on Jack's recruitment. But, um, you know, as far as me going out, uh, I, I don't think many know. <laughs> I don't I don't think they do. You know, as we bring them around the program um, and we just kind of share our experiences and it comes up and I think it does relate with some players. And I do think it relates with, you know, maybe bloodline kids that <clears throat> were raised in the game. I, I think their parents that maybe played professionally in the major league that think, you know, that, that is a fraternity for sure. And I do think if, you know, you have a young man and or it's your son and you've got the opportunity to, you know, play with guys that were in that league. And, and, and you know, I think, you know, you're going to get taught a certain style that's maybe a little bit more, um, you know, professional and, um, yeah, it, it is a benefit. So uh, I do try to, you know, I, I try to use those experiences as a player to the best of my ability to help these kids navigate our landscape collegiately. And then obviously all of their, their dreams is to go play pro and, and you know, any, any help I can give them would be great. Look at the guys you have been in the majors now, you know, Walker Bueller, uh, uh you know, David Price, who you played with, right? Um, yep. Uh, uh, Dansby Swanson. Um, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, it's a pretty, I think it's a, over 40 guys right now in all facets of the, of the you know, minors and majors. It's a pretty good group of Vanderbilt guys in, uh, you know, to showcase what you're doing. It is, and, and they showcase as well. That's a good word. You know, they represent our program with pride, and, and we're very proud of those guys. You know, Yaz was actually just in my office about an hour ago talking about his breakout year, and he and I were hitting together when I was training in the offseason, so we're real close, and to see him you know, his story for anybody listening, that's something you got to go look up. I mean, this guy was six years in the minor leagues. He went out this year, got caught up in May and hit, you know, 21 home runs for the Giants. It's just remarkable what he did. And, um, but it's not surprising because he's got, he's got that tough personality and he's a good kid. And he's, uh, he's somebody that I hope, you know, can stay in that league now and, and do better than I did and stick around and, and you know, really uh, have an impact. And, uh, he's got that ability though. He's good, but you're right. We've been fortunate. We've had a lot of good players come through and, you know, I think what our program does well is uh, I, I think it, it, the kids that come through our program, the way we coach, they, they walk out very confident. They believe that they can get through the minor leagues and get up and perform and, and really just help your team win. And I think that's something that we try to take a lot of pride in. Mike, best of luck to the Commanders this year. And uh, you're one of the good guys. I'm happy for success, your success. And thanks for the time, my friend. Man, great catching up with you, Jay. Thank okay, you, buddy. Take care of yourself, my friend. Okay, bye, Mike. Bye, bye, bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.